Welcome to Confabulation, the podcast. My name is Matt Goldberg. I'm the host and producer of Confabulation, Montreal's premier all-true storytelling series. Every week on the Confabulation, the podcast, we share a story from the Confabulation live events. These are all true stories as told by the people that live them. This week on the podcast, we're bringing you from October 2014's Bad Medicine, a story from Michelle Lukes. Michelle's a Montreal-based storyteller and educational professional, and this is just one of my favorite stories exploring one of my favorite topics, waiting for medicine in Montreal. So a few years ago, before some guests were about to come for dinner, I went on one of my mad last-minute cleaning rages, and I got a splinter from a, a bamboo utensil holder that I'd bought in Chinatown. And it didn't react like a normal splinter. It started to swell immediately, but we had friends coming over. And so after the eggplant parmigiana and the breaded Brussels sprouts, uh, my finger had grown to twice the size. I asked my partner uh, what, what he, whether he thought I should get antibiotics, and his informed opinion as a doctor of philosophy <laughs> was to PNA, pay no attention, because THA, time heals all. <laughs> the next morning, I woke up and my finger was bright red and I couldn't bend it. And I just had a funny feeling I needed antibiotics. So I went to the clinic across the street, and it was around 8.30, and they said that they had no more walk-ins uh, since 8 o'clock that morning. Uh, so I got on my bicycle, and I went to clinic after clinic after clinic on the plateau, and they all said the same thing, no walk-ins. I arrived at the fifth clinic in a different way. I was like, Seth, before you say no, all I'm asking for is a prescription for antibiotics, please. <laughs> And she agreed to help me find a spot at a, a clinic. She called and called and finally found a spot in Montreal North at a, at a, at a clinic and was like, you've got to run, though. They have two spots for the day, and I know you're going to make it. I rode my bicycle, and my finger was wagging in the wind, and I rode as quickly as I could to Montreal North, and I ran up the stairs, and I got the last appointment of the day. And it really was the last appointment of the day because it took until 9 p.m. that evening before I was seen by a doctor who finally gave me antibiotics. But the antibiotics didn't seem to work. And three days later, when I went back to the clinic for my follow-up appointment, and this is no exaggeration, my finger was the size of an Italian eggplant and just around the same color. And the doctor looked aghast and said, straight to the emergency room. Now, I'm from Baltimore, Maryland, and a few years before, I, when I was visiting my parents, I went to see a specialist at Johns Hopkins Hospital, and uh, when they found out that I had a Canadian address, they sent me to the international room, which was beautiful. Chandeliers and oriental carpets. I was sitting in plush velvet seats when the triage nurse brought a fragrant tea over from a samovar <laughs> and sat down with me. And she said, you know, what are you here for? And what other languages do you speak? And I said, well, I do speak some French. And she said, perfect. We will have a translator here in five minutes. <laughs> I told her that she didn't need to worry that I was English, actually, and I was from Baltimore. 
but she told me that as an international patient, that was a service that they offered. <laughs> so the translator came and <laughs> she walked me to my appointment, after which she sat down with me and asked me, did I need help speaking to the doctor? And I said, no, I don't. And she said, well, I'd like to offer you something. Would you like four tickets to the aquarium? <laughs> And uh, passes to a very fine French restaurant, and the coco vin is particularly good. That was all done in French, and I was, okay, sure. So when I got to the Notre Dame waiting room, it looked a little different. Beside the posters on the wall, which said, reminded people to wash their hands and not leave their baggage unattended, there were uh, disposal sites for, for needles and a group of rickety chairs. And the place was bubbling with crazy people because it is known as a psychiatric center. And so there were rockers and people talking to themselves and a man who was pacing, who was saying, I'm crazy, I'm crazy. <laughs> and at my bench, an old man who had a shiner and he was sleeping off a drunk. And I sat down and a woman came over and sat next to me and she had Crohn's disease. And she asked me what I was there for and I showed her my bulbous purple finger and she was like, oh, oh finger, oh, that's a problem. I was like, why? Well, do you see that nurse over there? And she pointed to a really buxom woman with enormous breasts and lipstick seeped into all of the, the lines around her mouth and she said, you better let her know you are in a lot of pain. Otherwise, she's gonna make sure you are here all day. I call her Ratchet, Nurse Ratchet. <laughs> One flew over the cuckoo's nest. A few minutes later, when I was called to triage, I sat down in front of Nurse Ratchet and she barely looked at my finger and was like, ah, what's, this, what's the pain on, from a, on a scale from one to 10? And I was like, this finger is a nine. And she looked at me and said, did you ever have children? <laughs> How much does your finger really hurt? Well, after some dickering, she managed to get me down to a three. <laughs> and she sent me back to the waiting room. I saw my friend, new friend. She, she flashed me 10 fingers, and in she went through the doors. And she was right. The day was long. I was trying to be zen about it. I read every magazine in the place, golf, real estate in Montreal. <laughs> Um, 101 bathroom renovations, and when the man with the shiner woke up, we were tussling over a, a copy of La Bay Fashions. Do you know that magazine? It's, it's kind of like, like a group of ads. Uh, and my finger was killing me. Every time I'd hit it against a magazine by accident, I'd wince with pain. It was swollen and purple, and do you know sometimes you, you, you just... It, when you have a broken toe or, or something wrong, it always ends up that everyone bangs into it, and everyone was banging into my finger. And hours went by. I was afraid to go to the bathroom because I didn't want to miss my turn. And more and more people were coming into the waiting room, and nobody seemed to be going in for treatment. At one point, a woman burst through the doors, and she pulled up her nightgown and said, this isn't a hospital, and I don't have any underwear. <laughs> I am all for the Canadian health system. I really support it, but at that moment, I would have paid $400 for a stronger course of antibiotics. And 
we had been there for five hours, I hadn't gone to the bathroom, and I finally went up to Nurse Ratchet and in the very nicest way said, could you tell me, do you think this is moving along? By any chance, do you think that I might be seen anytime soon? And she said, you want to see a doctor, huh? <laughs> yeah, well, that's why I'm here. Then sit down. <laughs> so I went back down and Shiner Mike, the guy who'd been sleeping, who was now awake, patted me on the arm and told me, gosh, she's got a temper, doesn't she? <laughs> And a few minutes later, another woman who had been waiting probably longer than I had, who really needed her methadone, went up to do the same thing. But instead of being polite to the nurse, she'd screamed at her. The nurse snapped her fingers, the guards came, and that woman was taken out of the waiting room. Hours more passed, and it had been eight hours at this point, and my finger was killing me. My whole arm was hot, my face was hot, I knew I had a fever. I, I hadn't gone to the bathroom, and I, I was ready to kill that nurse. I hated her, and I wasn't the only one. I looked around, we all hated Nurse Ratchet. I could hear people saying, mm, oh, she thinks she's so big, doesn't she? Look at her sitting over there, and oh, that bitch, oh, I could just punch her. And at the beginning of the day, I would have looked around kind of askance, but at that point, I was like, yeah. <laughs> She's awful, isn't she? And I went and I sat in the front seat and I decided I was gonna stare her down. Like, and I lifted my fist and I was gonna flash her the finger and I flashed her my fourth finger and she just started laughing. And Mike, the this guy with the shiner, looked at my hand and he saw a red line which had been climbing slowly from my finger towards my wrist. And he said, yeah, I had one of those once. A doctor told me, it was on my foot, and a doctor told me we would have had to amputate it if he hadn't been able to get rid of the infection. infection. And that was the last straw. I went back up to Ratchet and I showed her my hand. And I didn't want to be kicked out, so I said it really quietly but meanly. Do you see this mark <laughs> on my hand? Well, at the beginning of the day, it wasn't there. Look where it is now. And that was just the right thing to say, because seconds later, I was in the back. And the doctor told me that I had necrotizing fasciitis. That's why my finger had gotten so big. And that little line was the beginning of blood poisoning. And he chided me for not coming to the hospital more quickly. <laughs> he told me that if that had gone past my wrist and it, to my wrist, it would have had a straight shot to my heart. And that's when it, it ends up being a real problem. So as I was hooked up for antibiotics, I was just imagining. Uh, intravenous antibiotics, all the things I wanted to do to ratchet. Most of them involved that bamboo utensil holder, which I was going to give her, give all kinds of splinters and watch her whole body turn purple. Well, I had to go for six more days to get intravenous antibiotics, and I would just walk into the hospital and shake my finger at a ratchet and walk straight through the door. And it took almost a month for my finger, for the infection to, to leave. And I learned two big lessons from that whole experience. First, 
I know that many of you will agree with me. I learned that cleaning really can be very bad for your health. <laughs> and second, I realized that PNA, pay no attention, does not equal THA, time heals all. And every time the doctor would tell me that when I hurt myself, I'd flip him the finger. <laughs> Confabulation, the podcast, is produced by Paula Flalo and hosted by Matt Goldberg. For more on Confabulation, you can check out confabulationmontreal.com or check us out on Facebook, the preferred social platform for everyone whose name is not Paula Flalo. Confabulation, the podcast, is distributed by No More Radio, available every week at nomoradio.com. Support for No More Radio comes from Montreal Improv. You can check them out at montrealimprov.com. 